Let's continue here on Box to Row. We got a legend on the line, as a matter of fact, and appropriately, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA championship for the first time since 1971. And my, or, excuse me, my next guest was part of that 1971 team. Also won an NBA championship with the 1978 Washington Bullets. Averaged in excess of 18 points per game throughout his career. In excess of 20 points per game in the playoffs. Will be inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame later this year. He is a Norfolk State man. He is Bobby Dandridge. Joins us here on Box to Row. Bobby D., welcome back to the program. Well, it's, it's my pleasure to be back and sound like you're doing well. <laughs> yes, sir. Doing well. I mean, I, I'm, you know, doing well anyway, right? But, you know, to have you on the show really uh, it, it, it's a pleasure. Uh, you know, it's a lot of stuff we got to get to since the last time we talked. A lot has happened. Ultimately, you will be inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, which is a long time coming. We'll talk more about that. I want to start here. Again, you were part of that 1971 Milwaukee Bucks team that won the NBA championship. I want to get your thoughts on the Bucks winning the championship on Tuesday. Well, you know, after not winning it for 50 years and they've had some great players, you know, over the past 50 years, it's just a tremendous, I think, achievement um, because the players, the coaches, and the organizations have had to go through a lot of different changes because of COVID. And for them to be able to keep people healthy enough during the year to play and to come into the playoffs with the full squad is just amazing. And uh, this is what I say is sort of a homegrown team um, because they basically uh, have draft choices. Teams are made up of draft choices and trades and they haven't had to do any blockbuster free agent type of thing um, to to put this team together and in today's NBA you know that's quite a feat to win a championship without putting together two or three high profile um, free agents so Milwaukee has done it the right way and um, they just deserve to be exactly where they are, NBA champions for this season. Yeah, I mean, for you, you're, I want to get your thoughts also on Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, you know, it's caught a lot of flack, even caught a lot, you know, from so people that think they know, right? But I mean, he ultimately came through big time, and you know about this. Like, you can average a certain amount of points throughout the course of a season, and you know, elevate your game in. The playoffs, which he did, and of course, you ultimately did that as well in the two championship uh, seasons with the Bucks and the Bullets. We'll talk more uh, about that. Your thoughts on this young man? This is a young man that comes from a different uh, from Greece. Uh, ultimately, uh, was a skinny kid coming in, built his body up. He's a two-time MVP uh, and now an NBA Finals player who also ultimately decided to sign a long-term deal to stay in a smaller market such as Milwaukee? Well, you know, 
Milwaukee is a smaller market compared to, um, you know, your larger cities, but it still has a um, sports, a professional sports environment. Um, with the with the Packers, uh, maybe fifty or sixty miles away, and with the Brewers being in town, and then you got Marquette College. So, so Milwaukee is is a sports town, and probably if you've never been there or spent any time there, uh, to realize what a big sports town it is, and. Uh, Although it's considered a small market, uh, you know, they've had sellouts for about the last three or four years. Uh, we saw what the crowds have been like um, to cheer the Bucks on. So uh, I think it's real special when, when teams like Milwaukee, Phoenix, Atlanta, who are considered, you know, small markets, get an opportunity to put their teams on display and represent their cities well and I, I think it speaks well of the of the draft system the free agency system that exists in the NBA so I, I just think uh, you know this has been just a tremendous season for the league and for a team like Milwaukee like you say a smaller market city to um, win a championship just says a lot about the parity in the league now. Bobby Dandridge played 13 seasons in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Washington Bullets, winning a championship in 71 with the Bucks, 78 with the Bullets, a Norfolk State man. We'll talk with him more about that. He joins us here on Botch to Row. Bobby D, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, last time uh, we talked, I, I think the very first question I believe I asked you was why is Bobby Dandridge not in the uh, Hall of Fame? Can't say that now. So what does it mean to you to now be a Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer? Well, it 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 means a, a lot um, because it it it's just. Uh, it just means a lot to be in uh, a category uh, where the top players in your sport or the top uh, people in your sport are held in such high esteem. And especially for a guy who probably never thought about the Hall of Fame until after I had left the NBA and I, I began to see all these guys, um, you know, being named to the Hall of Fame. And uh, I was wondering whether or not I had missed out on, <laughs> right. on something, um, especially when, uh, you know, I felt that my achievements were as good as or no less than some individuals who were being selected. And, uh, you know, it's the wait. Um, has, it's been a long wait, but it's not been a traumatic thing because 
I've grown in so many other ways, and I've had enough other things to do, and I've still been connected in some form or fashion with the NBA. Um, so it's uh, the the weight has been thirty some odd years, but um, during that time, uh, you know, I've 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 led a pretty good life. Uh, I've grown a lot as a human being. It's a certain amount of humility sets in, and it just makes you appreciate your career, what I have achieved. And the big thing for me now is that my family um, gets its reward for supporting me over these years. And also friends, family, fans, and everybody gets a chance to um, celebrate my influence uh, in the world of sports. The great Bobby Dandridge joins us here in the program. If you were sitting on a committee, Bobby D, and I said to you, there's a, you know, a guy that played 13 seasons uh, in the NBA, helped two teams, two, this two separate teams with, with, with two of the greatest 50 players to ever play the game on each of those teams, right? He averaged in he averaged 18 and a half points per game for his career, four-time All-Star, All-NBA, scored more points in the playoffs in the 1970s than any other player. Oh, by the way, because what the, the, the uh, Hall of Fame takes into account, unlike professional football, is also what you did in college. Great player at Norfolk State. Uh... You, I, I, and you don't seem to be bitter. Like when I talked with you, we had you on before, you didn't really seem to be bitter about it. But, I mean, it, it had to feel, you had to feel somewhat slighted, right? Not to have been inducted uh, prior to now. Uh, that's true. You know, I would, I would catch some feelings from time to time um, because I, I knew, know that my contribution has been uh, equal to others that have been inducted, but um, I just accepted it for what it was worth, but yet, you know, the bitterness did not spill over into me condemning the process because the process is what it is. And, um, you, you know, it's a great achievement, but then... You know, I, I've led a good life during that time. You know, I have have a wife and three great kids, a couple of grandsons, a great daughter-in-law. Uh, I have friends um, who've known me over the years who know the work that I've put in. Um, and, and, and the key thing I realize is that... Um, you know, everything is in God's hands. And, you know, when he wants it to happen, when it's time, and when I've done his work first, then this may be the eventual reward. But I must almost always remember that things are in God's hands. And, uh, you know, that's the way life is. And I think that was the one 
my faith and my spirituality was able to keep me even keel to be patient and to wait and it may not have never come but I don't think that would have prevented me from being the person that I am today. Yep. Talking, and very well said, talking with the great Bobby Dandridge here on Box to Row. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more with Bobby D as you're locked in to Box to Row. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Rowe, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every $1 million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. We're back here on Box the Road. We're talking with the one and only Bobby Dandridge here on the program. We'll be inducted later on this year into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, part of that 1971 Milwaukee Bucks team that won the championship and the 1978 Washington Bullets team that won the championship as well. Uh how uh, we had had a had a tremendous we had had a great uh, season that year, and I think we had won twenty games in a row that year, and twenty twenty two games in a row. Um, we had literally gone undefeated in exhibition season, um, and that was the first year that the Big O was with us. Um, so I have a lot of just fun memories, you know, um, the big thing was Oscar Robinson coming with us, um, and setting a tone of, of excellence and, uh, and knowing that he had never won a championship sort of motivated us to realize that. You know, you can play a whole lot of years and never <laughs> win a championship in the league. And uh, that was an enjoyable season um, because, you know, we had a young team, not only myself, uh, Kareem, Lucius Allen, John McLaughlin, uh, you know, and these are guys that you hear a little about nowadays when we look at Lucius Allen, who was a tremendous player for us, Bob Boozer, uh, who was also a tremendous player for us. And I just remember it was a fun team, too, uh, from the day. And we had training camp that year in, in Hawaii. And we just had fun that season. Um. And when you're winning, it is fun. So, you know, just that was just a fun season for us. And then, of course, I mean, being from Silver Spring, Maryland, right, like huge Bullets fan, Wizards fan now. I think I wasn't even four years old when you helped to lead that Bullets team to the 78 championships. I have no recollection of that. And, and as you know, Ben's, I'm tell, I mean, it's just been 
there's some some decent years here and there, but boy, it's just been downhill for the Bullet Slash Wizards since then. What do you remember about that team? And that's Wes Unseld and Elvin Hayes and all of those all of those great players, which you helped lead to a championship again for the Bullets in '78. Well, you know, coming to the Bullets for me was uh, it was special because it gave me an opportunity to to to, as I say, have my own team because when I came here, uh, Coach Marta pretty pretty much let me know as if everybody else didn't know in the league that they had come close, but they could never get over the hump and win the big, big uh, playoffs in the finals. And so coming here, gave me an opportunity to put all the leadership skills in the play that I had seen and learned from from the big old and Kareem. So, you know, although, you know, I'm still averaging 19 and 21 and stuff like that, coming here to the Bullets, um, you know, I had to play Play the top offensive player from time to time, and I got an opportunity for my whole entire game to be, you know, put on display. And uh, you know, my concept of being a great basketball player was not that I had to score twenty-five or thirty points a game, but I had to play the total game, be a good rebound, a good pass, a good defender, and a good score. And uh, I was able to come here and be a leader here uh, with the Bullets. And, uh, you know, we went to the uh, finals two straight years, my first and second year here. And if I'm right, I think, I was the first free agent to actually come to a team and produce a world championship in the first year. So, and and when you talk about the all-time score during the seventies for NBA Finals, um, you know that's sort of one of those hidden statistics that twenty-five years ago, analytically that may not have been brought up out. And so, um, you know, I've just been a consistent player for those 12 or 13 years. And, uh, you know, not too boastful, not always the guy out front. But yet in the background, when you look at the final statistics, I'm right up there with the uh, team leaders as far as statistics and significance is concerned. No, there's no question about it. I know, I know you and I talked, saw saw you, I guess, four or five years ago at a Wizards game. What are, what, like, what are the Wizards going to do? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, it seemed like things were going well with John Wall and Bill, and now John Wall's going. You got Westbrook's got one more year. Uh, on his deal, but I mean, they need some real, I mean, but it's good that I think it's a good that Wes Unsell Jr., the new coach, right? Like, what are your thoughts on the Wizards? Like, what are the Wizards going to do moving forward? How are they going to look? <laughs> well, you, you know, we, we surely Wes Unsell Jr. is going to bring almost 20, 22 
years of experience uh, to the head coaching position. Uh, and, you know, with the, with the Wizards, they've had some great players, but then they've lost some great players who I think could have been building blocks. Uh, and they've lost them through free agency. Guys have selected to go somewhere else. And I think each team has a different philosophy on how it's going to win. And I think right now that Wizards are uh, into a, a philosophy of winning, uh, looking at this as a business situation basketball-wise. So I think once they settle in on exactly which direction they're going to go in, in terms of building a team, uh, then I think they can get on the right track. But that decision, um, you know, has to come um, on how are we going to build a good team. And, and they've had some opportunities. They've had some great players have lost a few great players. So um, until I think they decide which direction they're going to build a championship team on, you know, they may just remain a middle-of-the-road type team. Last thought with the one and only Bobby Dandridge here on Box to Row. And Bobby D, we appreciate the time. What do you remember about those days at Norfolk State? You played with Pee Wee Kirkland. I believe you played against... Um, Earl the Pearl Monroe, uh, as uh, as well as many others in the double A. And our friend Luke Williams of the Black College Sports page was telling me about a, I think it was, I don't know, some game at the Greensboro Coliseum. I think it was, Norfolk, I believe it was Norfolk State. And you may have been on that team. They played some team and it was 148 to something. I think it was at the, in the CIAA tournament. Were you part of any game like that where like, a, a, like you know, in excess of 200 points uh, were scored? And then what do you remember about those days in the double A and at Norfolk State? Uh, what I remember about it was uh, a very competitive conference with uh, four teams in fourteen teams in the conference, and only eight teams would go to the CIAA tournament. And um, you know that particular game, I think the score was one thirty six, one thirty four. The game went into triple overtime. Yep. Norfolk State won, um, but the, uh, I, I came to Norfolk State at a time where Earl Monroe was already a legend in the league. So you, you know, I got a chance to play against guys like Earl Monroe, Michael Gale, uh, Mike Davis, uh, Howard. Howard, it was a guy Frank. I can't think of Frank's name, but. Howard had great players. Delaware State had great players. Of course, ENT had great players. And it was a time, uh, basically, we were just getting into the early stages of integration in terms of college athletics. So schools like Norfolk State and other historically black schools got the top athletes and even the kids from New York, a lot of them weren't able to go to the uh, white schools uh, up 
up north, and most of them came south to play. Uh, Claflin University, South Carolina State, Allen University, Florida A&M, uh, Tennessee State, uh, the SWAC Conference. So that CIAA provided us uh, a place where we could be nurtured um, not only um, basketball-wise, but culturally, too, um, because we actually had faculty members and staff at these various universities that were concerned about us, not only as athletes, but as human beings. And, and I just never regret uh, not one day playing in the CIAA conference and uh, playing at Norfolk State, um, you know, playing against Hampton University, Virginia State, and places like that. So, uh, you know, my experiences there at Norfolk State and in the CIAA have served me immensely um, throughout my career on and off the basketball court. 13 seasons in the NBA, two NBA championships, played at Norfolk State. He'll ultimately be inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame later on this year. Also a CIAA legend. He's the one and only Bobby Dandridge. Joins us here on Box to Row. Bobby D., I appreciate you doing this, man, and we'll we'll talk with you real soon. Okay, my pleasure. And look, you have a good good show.